0: The time of the year that there are certain messages that and it's, this is really the only time of the year that I do this where I tend to feel led of God to preach the same topic sometimes, maybe with a different angle, but to remind people of certain things. That's why we take somewhere in November of December, somewhere in there. we always talk of one or two Sundays about giving, about getting your house in order. We don't preach about that much at all throughout the year. But at Christmas time, obviously pastors all over the world are preaching on the story of Christmas. They're preaching on the story of the nativity scene. And my the people that's come here for a long time know this about me. I like to preach the things that nobody else is preaching. I like to look at the story in a way and tell it in a way that maybe you haven't heard the things i guess it's because i am a father i guess it is because for those that know the issues that i had with my father issues if you've read my book you certainly know that the things that i went through with the issue of fatherhood not having a father in my life and trying to figure out what it is to be a father i'm drawn to stories of the father of a father so therefore in the story of the nativity scene, the absolute one, of, other than the baby Jesus, my favorite character is not Mary. No offense to Mary, even though she's highly favored and above all women, born, Jesus was born of a virgin. You can't tell the story of the nativity without the virgin Mary. Amen? And by the way, if you don't believe in the virgin Mary, you don't believe the Bible. Because I I believe that's one of the bedrock beliefs of the body of Christ. We can can agree. We need to agree on the essentials. We can disagree on the non-essentials of of biblical doctrine. I believe the virgin birth of Jesus Christ is a bedrock biblical foundation. If you believe that, say amen. amen. If you think it's a fairy tale, then you'll tend to believe that every part of it is a fairy tale. You have to believe that with God all things are possible. That's what Mary said when the angel spoke it to her. You are, you are with child. And she, one of the declarations that she made is, I believe that with God all things are possible. Amen. Are you with me, Jesus? church? Say amen. amen. But my favorite character that I like to talk about at least once a year is Joseph. Joseph is an unsung hero of the birth of Jesus Christ. He's an unsung hero of the entire earthly life of Jesus Christ. If I could just be so blunt and be so candid, Joseph gets the shaft every year. Let me tell you, this is a time when he should be shining, his story should be told. But he's relegated to a guy standing in the back of a barn looking down like this. That's it. That's it. We preach about the shepherd. You realize the shepherds get more attention than Joseph. The wise men get more attention than Joseph. And the wise men were not even there. Some of you are like, what? You ain't never heard that before in your life. But the wise men, I'm, t- I'm not saying it's wrong to have that in your Christmas plays and all this. But the wise men were not there at the birth of Jesus Christ. He didn't show up until he was almost right at two years old. Read your Bible. So when you look at the nativity scene, you see these amazing three wise men with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they're bowed down in all of their majesty and their camels behind them and the shepherds and the little sheep and then there's the donkey. And then there's glorious Mary, which is awesome. And then there's the baby Jesus, which is the star of the show. Can I get an amen? And his head is glowing. And he's laying in that little... That little feeding trough. And then there's just this, this dude standing in the back. In fact, if the truth be known, some of y'all, when you set your nativity scene up, you have confused Joseph with a shepherd. Am I preaching right? Say amen. You're stuck a shepherd back there, and you stand back and look at that and say, Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That, that's, not, that's a shepherd. Am I telling the truth? Poor Joseph. Well, you say, well, he don't have part of the story because he didn't have nothing to do with the birth of Christ. Because she was a virgin and she conceived the child of the Holy Ghost. I know that. But I want to show you something. Matthew chapter 1 says this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to be a public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to them in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, came to Joseph. If Joseph had no part in the story, then why did the angel even bother with him? Listen, Joseph, this is key. You need to underline this in your Bible. Son of David. Do you see that? Do you see that church? I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you see that church? Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and who is to give the name? And you are to give him the name Jesus. And he gave him the name Jesus. Now listen to me. In that day and time, adultery could have been in some situations punishable by stoning. Most men certainly would not have married if they found out that their wife, or their their, uh, uh, person they're engaged to, their fiancé, Told them I'm pregnant. And they're not stupid, y'all. Come on. They know, even back then, they knew how babies worked, right? right. How many of us have all known how babies work since babies have been coming out? Is this microphone working? So he knew, You pregnant? Well, I know you ain't pregnant with my baby because we ain't ever even touched. Do you realize the only thing they were even permitted to touch was the tips of the middle fingers? And to put any kind of ring on there to betroth them. They were not, they didn't hold hands. They didn't put their arms around each other. They didn't make out while watching Netflix. Come on, somebody. They didn't kiss each other. Which, by the way, since the last time I said Netflix and chill, I found out what it really means, y'all. So, okay. The first time I preached that, I had to have some young people help me. I thought it meant just watch Netflix and hang out and relax. But then they told me right after church pastor, that ain't what it means. Okay. So I'm not talking about that. Okay. That's why I need, I need social advisors in the house to keep me relevant. Fifi is my, Fifi is the president of my social advisor board. And she said, she promised me that she's going to dress me to look cool one day. She's going to give me some jeans with some holes in them. Some skinny jeans, skinny jeans. No, 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 that's, that's Okay. 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 He looks at her and he says you what? No, he didn't say that. Why? Because he didn't find out from her, did he? No. He found out from the angel. Exactly. Why did the angel come say did angel just decides, you know what, I need to fix this thing before he finds out. I need to go talk to the angel. No, the angels only do what they're told. Yeah. So the angel was sent to talk to Joseph from God. Yeah. Now I want you to get this. He tells Joseph your wife now it's one thing to hear an angel come to you and say listen you need to chill out it's gonna be okay your wife's having a baby your future wife's having a baby and it's not yours it's all gonna be good that would have been a tough to process but th- but he hears something that no one in the history of humanity before him and no one in the history of humanity since him had ever heard Could even be possible. The Bible says he was a man who loved the law and knew the law. He was raised to know the law. Are you with me, church? He says that child that is within her is conceived of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Didn't really even understand what the Holy Ghost was. This was new revelation as well. The breath of God is what spirit means. Pneuma is the original word. And it means breath. Holy Spirit means the holy breath of God. In other words, he was telling, the angel said, God has breathed on your wife. And through that breath, listen to the the deepness of this. The word of God, the voice of God, the the power that when God said, let there be light and there was light. The force that made the light was the said. Are y'all hearing me? And he said, let there be light and there was light. The force that created all of existence was Holy Spirit breathed on your fiancé. And the force, I want you to get this, that made you and made Mary came inside her as a seed. You're going to take her as your wife and you're not going to tell anybody what's happening. You're going to raise him And you're going to deal with the scandal and you're going to allow people to think that you had sex with her outside of marriage and you're going to deal with it. That's a weight to carry now, but it doesn't compare to the weight that it carried then. Are y'all hearing me? We talk about listen, and we rightfully will. I'll talk about Mary next week. We rightfully talk about. The the price of Mary. But let's not forget. In the Hebrew culture in that time. the, The one that was supposed to take care of it all. And not deal with that mess was the man. But the man, Joseph, had to submit himself to the words of an angel. To not just accept it. But to have to walk with, deal with all the repercussions that come from them thinking you did this. Am I preaching right? But he did it. He did it. Somebody say he did it. Are you glad he did it? Could you imagine Mary in that manger scene having to give birth to a baby? Without Joseph, I promise you, he was not just a figure that stood over her. He was support. He got her there. He rode her on the donkey. He, there was no room in the end, but he found a place for her to lay down. It was Joseph that did that. Nobody else. The angels didn't come down and find a place. Joseph didn't accept there's no room. He found a place. He didn't care. He made it as comfortable as he could for his love of his life. I'm preaching better than you shouting. Can you imagine the emotions going through their mind? First of all, Mary thinking, I still can't even imagine how this happened. You know, when when the angel said the words, I said it earlier during worship, when the angel said the words to Mary, the Bible said Mary kept these things in her heart and pondered them. In other words, she was confused, but yet she trusted God. And here they are nine months later. I wrote about this in a little short story. Some of you have read it. Many of you have read it. If you haven't, I can send you a link to it. I wrote it in 1996. It's called The War in Bethlehem. How many of you have ever read The War in Bethlehem? Raise your hand. If you haven't read The War in Bethlehem, I challenge you to, to go to my Facebook. I'll share it again today. I'll send out a link to our texting service. If you're not on a texting service, so you can read it. It's, not that, it's a short story. It's not that long. But it's a revelation that God gave me in the hay barn about that night. The war in Bethlehem. That it was more than just a birth. It was a culmination of a war that had been going on since the Garden of Eden. When Jesus, when God spoke of the seed of the woman coming. And it was an attempt to kill every great man that would ever come after that. Because the devil is not all-knowing. So every great prophet, every great man that came, the devil thought he was the Messiah. So he killed him off one by one by one. But in the story in the war in Bethlehem, this is one of the things I say. Is it says, I describe what it might have been like during the time of when she was at the place where she began to push. Can you imagine ladies that have have had children? Most of you, there may be some that are very brave women who had them completely natural. Most of you are like, give me a shot now. I remember my wife said, I don't care. Find a doctor and tell him to stick me. Give me the drugs. And then what was bad is it messed up the epidural only one to one side, which magnified the pain on the other side twice. That was with Lizzie. So she was, she was like, just like one of those movies, she was just screaming at me going, you did this to me. I walked out to get a little break because, and as I go outside, here comes her daddy, brother Durwood, you know, his, his normal, joyful, loving self. He's walking down and he goes, how is she? I'll never forget, I said, there it would, turn around, now, walk away, go back to the waiting room. And I'll never forget, he went, okay. <laughs> he got it. But here's Mary. Can you imagine the pain of having your child? But yet, can you imagine the pain of demon spirit standing over you going, you're not giving birth to this child. I'm going to kill it. All the demons are doing everything they can do to kill that baby before that baby could come out. And the pain of a natural childbirth is combined with the pain of spiritual warfare coming against her body. Pushing the Savior of the world. The one that made the world is being pushed out of you. Are you hearing me? Yeah. One of the things I say in that book is I, and this is just my this is my description of it, who knows if it happened or not. But I but I but you know one of the things that all when a baby is born the correct way, the head comes out first, right? Yeah. How many knows Jesus is the head of the body? Yeah. I could almost see, and I don't want to weird you out here, but you got to get the magnitude of this moment. She's just screaming, she's probably saying, I can't do this. Would you not imagine that? This is not possible. And I could see Joseph kneeling down, loving, rubbing her hair, saying, baby, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, when she's about to give up, Joseph, this is my opinion, something like this probably happened. He says something like, oh, don't give up now. I see Jesus. Woo! How I many of those are a lot of towns we want to give up? But you need somebody in your life to say, don't give up now. I see Jesus. He is here. He's about to make a triumphant entry. Joseph was there, y'all, through it all. Joseph is more than a porcelain character standing, looking down. Are you hearing me? I know his DNA, his blood was not in the body of Jesus. But Joseph was in Jesus. Can I tell you something? I'm going to fast forward through much of my stuff that I was going to talk about today. Let me just tell you. It was Joseph... That God told the angel, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. You, Joseph, will be the voice in his life as a little tiny infant baby that will hear you declare that he is the Savior of the world. That's what Jesus means. Am I preaching good? On the eighth day after birth was the day that the Jewish boys were circumcised. And on the eighth day, the Bible said they brought Jesus to the temple to be circumcised. This is in your Bible. There was a prophet who, the Bible talks about, had had heard from God that before he died, he would see the Messiah. Simeon. He's standing there at the door watching. He's blind. He's what? And his spirit man. He can't watch him. He's blind. But he could hear people going by. And he was stopping his spirit. He knew he was about dead. He knew he had heard from God. This is in your Bible. You will see the Messiah. He's like, God, I'm running out of time. And he's standing there not knowing that that day was the day. On the eighth day after the scene of the nativity, Jesus and Ma- Je- Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus come walking as a family into the temple on his eighth day of life. And the Bible says the prophet is standing there. And as they approach, he turns. These are my words, this is paraphrased. And says, can I hold that baby? He realized that the Messiah had come. He spoke a proclamation over that child and knew now I can die because the Messiah is here. Eight years old, he, the prophet identified him as the promised uh, Isaiah prophetic Messiah. They walk in. The mother would hand the baby over. The the custom was they would take the baby, of course, completely naked, lay the baby on a table in the presence of the priest. And the Levites were standing around. They would read, quote some scriptures from the law. Then they would take a sharp object, you know what circumcision is, and they would prepare to perform the circumcision. And this is the custom. As they took the knife, the priest would look for the father in the room. How many of his father, his true father, couldn't be seen with the natural eyes. But he saw a man named Joseph. And he looked at him and he said, What shall his name be? Because at the cut of circumcision is when they would declare the name of the boy. And then they would cut and the blood would flow and it would seal the covenant. And his name those names meant so much they named kids names that were based on good and even bad things happening you ever heard of methuselah you ever say boy he's old as methuselah they say that because he's the oldest man in the bible But you know what methuselah means his death brings destruction when he died the flood came many many examples of that jesus is the word yeshua or Yahshua. Which means the Messiah or the Savior of the world. What shall his name be? Joseph spoke up with no physical rights of bloodline. He took it upon himself. He said, I am his father. Therefore, his name shall be Jesus, Yeshua. Yeshua, it shall be. They handed a circumcised eight-day-old boy back to his father. They walked out that day and everybody else thought, that's just another nice little family. But all three in that family joseph mary and even jesus although and this mess your mind up y'all he couldn't talk he couldn't walk he couldn't feed himself god why do you say he couldn't because god can do all things because god chose to limit himself in human form and to experience his 33 and a half years on this earth as every single one of us has experienced life. So Jesus, the one that made Mary and Joseph, the one that made it all in his spirit inside, look at them going, y'all have no clue. Y'all don't even know. Inside he's going like, hey, y'all just, I'm telling you, if you just knew what I knew, this is going to be so awesome. And this is the way it came out. <sighs> Why Why? Why can't walk out? I'm going to save the world from their sins. That blows your mind, don't it? Yeah. Who taught him how to get dressed? Joseph. Who taught him how to be a man? Joseph. Who taught him how to respect people? Joseph. Who taught him, who took him to the temple and taught him how to find the scrolls to read as a young boy in the temple? Joseph. It was the man. It was Joseph. Joseph loved him. Not just because he was the Messiah. Joseph loved him because he was his son. The only other time before, between the, the, the birth of Christ the story of the wise men and the, and the beginning of his ministry at age 30 that we even have in our Bibles is when he was 12 years old. And I always call it, because it's great to preach about this at Christmas time, because y'all like that movie Home Alone? You ever seen that scene where she's on the plane, she's like, I'm forgetting something, I'm forgetting something. And they keep going, oh, it was the garage, you left the garage. Oh, it was the garage. We just left the garage door. She leans back in her chair and all of a sudden she goes, ah, Kevin! The famous Kevin scene. I say, that was not the first one of them recorded there was an original Jesus moment when he was 12 years old the Bible records a story where, where they both went to the temple and they were teaching him how to approach the priest and the annual tracking to the temple which is what all boys had to learn as they're leaving they're going down to the caravan they're leaving going back to their home and you know Joseph's hanging out with his buddies and Mary's hanging out with her girlfriends and they're just talking and somehow they get down the road and they, both groups come back together and they're just talking about, well, that was a great trip to the, to the temple this year, wasn't it? That was awesome. It was great. Well, I'll tell you what, Jesus did good, man. He's, he's doing really good. Speaking of Jesus, where is he? Is he I, and, 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 and Joseph says, what do you mean, where is he? I thought he was with you. And Mary's like, uh, no. Mary's like, uh, don't you even be telling me I told you he told, what's that boy? Is he not with you, Joseph? Joseph's like, i remember seeing him back at the temple and mary's like jesus and they run back to the temple and there's jesus age 12 just chilling with the priest asking listen to this asking questions of the priest but also teaching them as well and they said think think about how this had to hit joseph 12 years old joseph said boy what are you doing you worried your mama to death get in the wagon (laughs) jesus said didn't you know i would be about my father's business everybody in the room be looking at looking at joseph saying this is your business Mary and Joseph knew exactly what he meant. I don't. I don't believe they probably ever had to discipline Jesus. I just got to believe Jesus was probably a good kid. But even if they wanted to discipline him, I think at that moment Joseph would be like, "Well played, son. Get in the wagon. <laughs> well played. You brought your father into the okay. okay you reminded me of the angel. I hear. What, I see what you're doing. Come to a close." from that moment to the beginning of the ministry of Jesus there is no other thing said about Joseph people have hypothesized but they don't know when Joseph died but sometime between that story at age 12 to the age of 30 when Jesus began his ministry Joseph died I have to believe that it grieved the heart of Jesus. Because here's the thing you've got to know about Jesus. Think about this. When Jesus began his ministry at age 30, there was his mother. His first miracle that he ever performed at the wedding, turning the water into wine, there was his mother. His mother was with him through it all, even to the end. When he was hanging on the cross and everybody had left him, There was his mother. And yet, he was not known as the son of Mary. He was known throughout all the land as the son of Joseph, the son of the carpenter. Think about when he began his ministry. He started performing miracles. The crowd said... Who does this boy think he is? Is this not, read your Bible, the son of the carpenter? Is this not Joseph's boy coming out of that slum they call Nazareth? Is anything ever good ever come out of Nazareth? That's what your Bible said. They mocked him. But yet, he had favor. With God and with man, so much favor in the temple that in Luke, when we find the famous story right after he had fought the devil in the wilderness and began his ministry, he said, quoted Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. There's no record of anyone trying to stop him. He goes straight to the temple. He walks up on the platform where all the high priests and and all the Levites are and just literally just stands up and says, I need to do my daily reading. And the priest had no problem to the the scroll of Isaiah and set it down before. A complete unknown. Jehoshua, Yeshua. Do you know what? It, this is the last thing. You got to hear this. Then we're going to pray. I'm not, me, I'm not making fun of you if you think this because a lot of people actually think this. Some people think that Jesus' name is Jesus Christ. That his last name is Christ. His first name is Jesus because that's our culture. Larry Raglan. In Eastern culture, especially in that time, there was no such thing as a last name that you would just have a last name. Your last name, if you were going to call your last name, and it's still this way in many cultures, would be the name, the first name of your father, especially the boy. You ever seen that part in scripture where Jesus is talking to, to, to uh, Peter and he calls him Simon Bar Jonas? that word bar means son of Simon son of Jonas in other words he was really in trouble because you know when your mama calls your whole name Larry Joe Raglan. you knew it was about to go down Jesus said didn't call him just Simon he said Simon Bar Jonas so that, what that means is this this was Jesus actual name Without a doubt, emphatically, this was his name. His name was Jesus Bar-Joseph. That was his name. He's known as the Son of God to us. He's the Son of Man. But before he proclaimed himself to be Messiah, he was known as Son of Joseph. Is that incredible? He was a carpenter by trade himself. You ever seen them bumper stickers? My Savior is a carpenter or something like that? How did he learn to be a carpenter? Mary wasn't a carpenter. It's Joseph. So, sometime before he passed away, Joseph took special time with the Son of God and treated the Son of God as his own son. Not Jesus. No, 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 no. Don't do it that way do it this way son you have to put the peg in this way now give me that hammer son you said this, you'll take this hammer And then you would tap don't tap too hard because you'll break it you watching me son are you watching me yes sir yes sir two, 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 two. one of the most powerful scenes in the passion of the Christ the movie by Mel Gibson have you seen it if you haven't seen it you need to see it but you need to Don't don't think you're going to watch Popcorn and watch it. It will wreck your world. One of the most powerful scenes is when Jesus is dragging his cross. He's beaten, crown of thorns is on his head, and he can hardly stand up. And he's looking as he passes each alley. He's looking at the crowd of people trying to follow him. And every time he passes, he sees Mary, his mama. She's crying. She's reaching out to him. She can't get to him through the Roman soldiers. And then he falls. And when he falls... It it shows a flashback. Of course, I know this is a movie. But it had to be like this. He's he's falling. He's having a flashback and she's having a flashback. And when he was a little boy and he fell and she comes running to him. But then there's this scene where he's carrying that cross and he's looking at her and he's playing his life through his mind. In my opinion, it's one of those powerful scenes of the whole entire movie. He's thinking back of the day that he made his mama a table remember that scene and he brings her in and shows her a table and a little tiny chair and he shows it to his mama that he had built with his own hands. well when I see that people, people look at that oh what a special moment between a son and a mother but as a father when I saw that scene I immediately thought of Joseph I thought there's the legacy Of Joseph. He's out of the picture, but he's really not out of the picture. Joseph. I was talking to one of my bishops, Bishop Clint Brown, this week. He asked me what I was preaching. I told him. He gave me a nugget. So powerful. He said, son, let me tell you something about Joseph. He said, let me tell you something about a carpenter. He said, when a carpenter... He said, if you walk next to a carpenter, you have no carpentry skills whatsoever. And you and that carpenter walking side by side and you stand at the edge of the woods and the forest. You see trees, but a carpenter sees tables and houses and frames for pictures. He sees the potential where you only see a tree he said i don't believe god does anything by accident i believe he chose a carpenter by trade because he needed a man that could see beyond what everybody else sees and to teach his son to do the same thing come on somebody is that powerful